We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. On today's show, I go back and talk more about this critic of mine who says that the United States never was founded as a Christian nation and cites the Treaty of Tripoli as her evidence. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. If you listened to yesterday's show, you know that I spent the entire program responding to a recent letter that I received from a critic who read my Washington Times column where I argued that being religious, being Christian, was part and parcel of the DNA, the very fabric of the founding of our nation. You know that in my column in the Washington Times, I cited Alexander Hamilton, I cited Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin. I cited Martin Luther King, John Jay, and James McHenry. I cited Governor Morris. I cited John Adams. I cited Teddy Roosevelt. I referred to these people, and I gave you exact quotes of what they said, things that they said, not me, things that they said, that apparently my critic and others like her consider to be evidence of right-wing religious extremism. My point in my column was this, that if believing in the same things that Teddy Roosevelt believed, if believing in the same things as Abraham Lincoln, John Adams, John Jay, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, Alexander Hamilton, essentially all of the signers of the Constitution, and the authors of the Declaration of Independence, if believing these things makes me a right-wing religious extremist, then I guess I'm guilty as charged. Well, you know that in yesterday's show, I brought up this letter that I received from a critic who read that column and said, no, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And in fact, the exact language of her objection was this. You talk about the Bible being so important to our civic and moral lives, yet you supported the aforementioned president, Donald Trump. She ranted on about him, TDS. My article had nothing to do with Trump. But then she goes on and says this. The teachings of the Bible are excellent. They're an excellent framework for our lives, but not when scripture is cherry-picked and used out of context to support your agenda. Making the Bible a weapon instead of a tool. You make the claim that the founding fathers intended for America to be a Christian nation, when that just is not true. Well, then she cites. She cites the Treaty of Tripoli as her answer. And specific, specifically, one of the quotes is from John Adams in the Treaty of Tripoli because he signed it. He was president of, of the United States at the time. 
John Adams, the man who I quoted in my column as saying that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to the government of any other, John Adams, yes, that's a direct quote, well, he also signed a treaty called the Treaty of Tripoli in 1797 that said this, the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. Close quote. You know, in yesterday's show, I explained to you something I think we all should consider pretty significant about that quote. It's a truncated sentence. They pull a sentence apart out of that treaty to make their point. That is in the treaty, but that's only the first part of the sentence. There is no period at the end of this quote as it's cited in this woman's letter. And as it's being cited over and over and over and over again by progressives today to try to refute the historical facts that we were founded as a Christian nation. And that without that Christianity, our forefathers predicted we would fall. John Adams himself said that. Again, I repeat his quote. Our Constitution was made only, only for a moral and religious people. And when he said religious, he meant Christian. He wasn't talking about Baha'i. He wasn't talking about Hinduism. He wasn't talking about Buddhism or Islam. He was talking about Christianity when he said religious. That's a fact. That's just a fact. We were not a syncretistic society at the time. We were a society grounded in biblical faith and a biblical ethic, when biblical morality and biblical religion. So when John Adams said our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to the government of any other, he was basically saying this, without the moral compass provided to us in Scripture, in the Bible, this Constitution will not work because it presupposes, its presupposition is this, that we have a people that is capable, a population, a citizenry capable of self-government, of self-control, of self-regulation. They won't need a big brother to tell them what to do all the time because they believe in a big God. They won't need government. They can be controlled because they will govern themselves by the true north. The true north that is part and parcel of their confession. Their confession of Jesus Christ. Now, they weren't arguing that everybody in the United States was going to be evangelical, born-again, Orthodox Christian. No, they were arguing that as a society, we were acknowledging that our Constitution and our Declaration was anchored in something, not the shifting sands of political correctness or popularity. But our society, our Constitution, our Declaration was anchored and built upon a solid rock an immovable rock, an unchangeable rock, an immutable rock, a rock, a rock of biblical fidelity. And that that, by and large, would, would govern the individual citizen. And as long as that worked, 
they wouldn't need Big Brother because they were relying on and generally trusting in a big God. That was the point. So why does this quote come up in the Treaty of Tripoli? I shared a brief explanation with you yesterday. Excuse me. I shared a brief explanation with you yesterday. I'm going to do so again after the break, and then I'm going to give you more evidence, more evidence than what I provided in my initial column with quotes from Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, John Jay, James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, Governor Morris. I'm going to share more quotes from other founding fathers to prove my point. Because frankly, my point's irrefutable. If you just read history, this woman that is criticizing me, sending me this letter, she doesn't even understand basic history. This is a failure of our schools, people. We haven't taught our progeny, the next generation, to understand the basic facts of the founding of our nation, of the foundation of our Constitution, of the definition of our society, our country, our culture, of our United States. We haven't taught them the basic facts, and now we're buying the lie from these panhandlers, these peddlers of this pablum of critical race theory, the 1619 Project, and this divisive rhetoric of us against them, rather than us being a melting pot, we're a cauldron of seething resentment because we don't understand our own history. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. I said before the break that I got this letter from this critic. Her name is Crystal Farkle. Uh, I don't know where she's from. Maybe the address was on the envelope. I've thrown it away. I actually got this letter via the United States Postal Service. So she took the time to look up my, my address and wrote this uh, one, two, three, four, five, six paragraph letter to me. And I read to you the final portion of that letter. Again, part of what I just read to you was this. The teachings of the Bible are excellent. They're an excellent framework for our lives, but not when scripture is cherry-picked and used out of context to support an agenda. And then what does she do? She cherry-picks and uses a quote out of context from the Treaty of Tripoli. Again, it stuns me how progressives are so shallow in their thinking. I've said over and over again on this show that they continuously saw away at the very branch upon which they sit to try to make their points. They talk about tolerance while they saw away at the branch of tolerance by admitting that they can't tolerate your intolerance. They talk about inclusion while they saw away at the branch of inclusion while admitting that they want to exclude you under their banner of inclusion. They talk about love while they saw away at the branch of love while admitting that they just hate those hateful people. Do you get my point? They're self-refuting. They're hypocrites. And now she talks about how bad it is to cherry-pick and take out of context statements to make your point because of your political agenda. And then she cherry-picks and takes out of context a quote from the Treaty of Tripoli to make her point because of her political agenda. 
Again, they're sawing away at the branch upon which they sit. It is going to come tumbling down, and people die as the result of their hypocrisy. So, with that said, let's go to the quote from John Adams again. Actually, it's a quote taken out of the Treaty of Tripoli, which John Adams signed. So I guess it's fair to say he said it, but it actually wasn't in a speech or anything. It was in a treaty, which is important to acknowledge. Treaties are different than sermons. Treaties are different than lesson plans. Treaties are different than stump speeches. Treaties are treaties, and they're intended to be read that way, and they have a purpose. There was a reason that the treaty was written up in the first place, and I explained to you yesterday what that reason was for the Treaty of Tripoli. It was written and signed in 1797. George Washington was no longer the president of the United States. John Adams was. And the Barbary pirates, the pirates of the Mediterranean, were raiding merchant ships of other nations. They were raiding those ships, they were stealing the products, and they were enslaving the conquered. They had enslaved 1.25 million people, predominantly white Christians, as the result of their pirating and raids. These Barbary states, as they were called, were the northern states, the nations of northern Africa, such as Tripoli, which is now known as Libya, Morocco, Algiers, etc. Well, the United States had been paying an extortion fee to try to placate these people. That was one of the things that the nations such as France and Spain and England had done. And the United States the new country of America was doing the same thing. And we decided that it wasn't working. We decided that it wasn't working. And in fact, our Navy was developed for the very purpose. Our first Navy was developed for the purpose of sending ships over to the Mediterranean to protect our merchant ships, civilians, enterprise, to protect them as they tried to do business on the high seas of the Mediterranean. The Treaty of Tripoli was an attempt to try to get the parties to the table. And in that treaty, it says this, As the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. And you say, well, there, she's got you, Piper. It says that in the the treaty. And as I told you yesterday, That's not the end of the sentence. That's not the end of the sentence. Talk about cherry picking and taking things out of context. The government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded as a Christian, excuse me, on the Christian religion. As it has in itself no charter of enmity against the laws, religion, or tranquility of Muslims. And as the said states of America have never entered into, into, into any war, excuse me, never entered into any war or act of hostility against any Muslim nation, it is declared by the parties that no pretext 
arising from religious opinions will ever produce an interruption of the harmony existing between the two countries. What is this saying? It's saying very clearly in the context and the time in which it was written that we are not a nation like France, like Spain, like Germany, like England, where you have the head of the church being the king of the country. In the United States, we are a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. We have no king. We have a constitution. And our constitution guarantees us religious freedom. We don't kill people. We don't execute people because they deviate from the religion as approved by the king in the United States. We are not in any sense founded as that type of nation. That's what the treaty is saying. It's not saying that we don't have Christianity in our DNA. It's not saying that we aren't self-governed by Christianity. It's saying that we are not governed by the king's version of Christianity and that we don't threaten people if they deviate from it. That's what it's saying. There's a separation of church and state in America, and that separation protects the church from the state. That's what it's saying. That's clearly what it's saying. And this woman is taking the quote out of context. Now, I told you I was going to share with you additional quotes. Additional quotes to make my point. That we are founded on religion. No, it is not a state-imposed religion, but to deny that the United States is a religious nation, a nation that presumed, presupposed, and argued for the true north of Christian morality and Christian theology, Christian ontology, Christian epistemology. To argue against that is to argue against the very evidence of history. And that is the very definition of cherry-picking and taking things out of context. Let me give you a couple quotes from founding fathers, those who actually signed the Declaration of Independence. You would think that they knew what they were signing, right? They actually helped write it, and they put their signatures on it, and they pledged their life, their fortunes, and their sacred honor when they put their signature at the bottom of it. Benjamin Rush, he said this, My only hope of salvation is in the infinite, transcendent love of God manifested in the world by the death of his Son upon the cross. Nothing but his blood will wash away my sins. I rely exclusively upon it. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. That's Benjamin Rush, signer of the Declaration of Independence. Does it sound religious? Does it sound Christian? Does it sound like he's denying the foundation upon which our nation was established? How about Charles Carroll, again, signer of the Declaration of Independence? On the mercy of my Redeemer, I rely for salvation, and on his merits, not on the works I have done in obedience to his precepts. Again, Charles Carroll. Does it sound agnostic? Does it sound secular? Is he denying that we are founded on Christianity? Samuel Adams, you recognize that name, signer of the Declaration of Independence. I rely on the merits of Jesus Christ for a pardon of all my sins. Again, 
This doesn't sound like a progressive leftist socialist secularist, does it? It doesn't sound like somebody who cherry-picks a half-sentence out of the Treaty of Tripoli to try to deny the historical facts of our founding. How about John Witherspoon? Again, a signer of the Declaration of Independence. This is a bit lengthier in terms of a quote, but worth listening to. Christ Jesus is the only Savior of sinners in opposition to all false religions and every uninstituted right. As he himself says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you are not reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, if you are not clothed with his spotless robe of his right and his righteousness, you must forever perish. Not very wishy-washy, is it? Pretty clear, isn't it? That was John Witherspoon, a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Again, I'm adding to the quotes that I gave you in yesterday's show, where I quoted Alexander Hamilton, where I quoted Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, James Madison, John Adams. I'm adding to their quotes right now with a ton more. How about Robert Treat Payne? Again, a signer of the Declaration of Independence. I am constrained to express my adoration of the Supreme Being, the author of my existence, in full belief of his providential goodness and his forgiving mercy revealed to the world through Jesus Christ, through whom I hope for never-ending happiness in a future state. I can go on and on and on. In fact, I will. Let's go to Alexander Hamilton. He's the darling of a lot of the progressives right now. The darling founding father because of the Broadway musical Hamilton. Well, was he a secularist? Was he someone who would refer to the Treaty of Tripoli as evidence that we are in no way founded as a Christian nation? truncated sentence. There's no period at the end of that sentence. It's in context and it was written for what? To tell the Muslims that we weren't a government like Spain and France, Great Britain and Germany, that we actually had separation of church and state, that we had religious freedom codified in our law, in our constitution, and that we didn't persecute people if they disagreed with the president the Congress, because we have no king. It's a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, and therefore we respect their religious decisions. But that in no way says that we are a vacuous nation with no religious foundation. Let's go to Alexander Hamilton. He said, he said this, I have a tender reliance on the mercy of the Almighty through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Alexander Hamilton. It, to deny this stuff is to just close your ears as if you're arguing as a, as a little child on the playground in fifth grade and you don't like what somebody is telling you. You know it's true, but you don't like it. So you just plug up your ears and you start mumbling nonsense, nonsensical noises to try to drown out the opposition. You remember 
You'd see kids plug their ears. Maybe you were guilty of doing it as a child too. You were being confronted. You didn't have any rebuttal. You didn't know what to say. You didn't like what was being said. So you just plugged up your ears and you started saying, no, 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 no. So you couldn't hear what was being said to you. More of the Founding Fathers. John Dickerson, signer of the Declaration of Independence, rendering thanks to my Creator, to Him I resign myself, humbly confiding in His goodness and in His mercy through Jesus Christ for the events of eternity. How about James Madison? I have sometimes thought there could not be a stronger testimony than for men who occupy the most honorable and gainful departments and are rising in reputation and wealth publicly to declare their unsatisfactoriness by becoming fervent advocates in the cause of Christ. Seems pretty clear, doesn't it? Seems pretty clear. Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry said this, Being a Christian is a character which I prize far above all the world. I prize it above all the world, above all the world has to boast. George Mason, let's close with that. George Mason, he's the father of the Bill of Rights, by the way, and the Bill of Rights' birthday was yesterday. So let's close with George Mason, Mason, framer of the Constitution and father of the Bill of Rights. My soul I resign into the hands of the Almighty Creator, whose tender mercies are all are, excuse me, are over all of his works, whose tender mercies are over all of his works, humbly hoping from his unbounded mercy and benevolence through the merits of my blessed Savior, a remission of my sins. Doesn't sound doesn't sound like um a syncretistic religion of, well, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you, does it? It doesn't sound like the way these people are cherry-picking the Treaty of Tripoli and claiming that we aren't grounded in Christianity as a nation. Oh, it's true. We weren't founded as a quote-unquote Christian nation like the nations of Europe, where the king could decide from one day to the next, what the definition of Christianity was. And if you didn't bow and submit to that man-made definition that you would risk your life. No, we're, we weren't founded like that. We were founded as a nation that as George Mason promised in the Bill of Rights had freedom of religion and that the government could not establish, this, the federal government could not establish the king's religion nor could the federal government, the king, if you will, prohibit the free expression of anybody's religion. Yes, we were founded in that context as a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. A nation grounded in a big God that hopefully would not need a big brother. That's the fact. Those are the quotes. To, so to my... Critics, stop cherry-picking this nonsense out of the Treaty of Tripoli. In times of universal deceit, which that is, truth is the only rebellion left. And today you've heard the truth. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. <laughs>